everyone. Welcome to Chit Chat Connoisseur, a Hey Alicia podcast. You can subscribe and listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor FM. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Chit Chat Connoisseur podcast. I am your host, Alicia, and I'm so excited. Uh, We are kicking off. uh, Season three has been awesome. We've had some incredible guests. And today we have my one of my best friends. Hello, Allie Nicely in the house. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Allie is in the house. I'm so excited to have Allie on. We have known each other. um, I forgot the year count. What's 2021 minus? I I don't do (laughs) (laughs) that. Hold on. Pulls out phone. How much what? Almost 20 years? Am I? Are we doing math properly? We can't math today, guys, but. Wait, no, 1998. 1998. Holy moly. We don't do math. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We're both here. Years? 23. Is it 23? Okay. We're 23 years, y'all. We've literally known each other. First of all, we just aged ourselves. Let's talk about it. First of all, what a mess. So Allie Nicely is an experienced marketing manager and multicultural strategist and entrepreneur. Uh, She has led advertising strategy and insights across the Fortune 100, including uh, work on brands, retailers, and TV shows that you definitely know and love. Um, And she is on a mission to empower women of color, founders as entrepreneur in residence at Digital Undivided. Hello, welcome to the show, my friend. Hello, I'm so excited to be here and to witness the magic. (laughs) The magic, like the... Right now I have like my laptop propped on like a box, like on my standing desk. It's like a whole thing. So much magic, child. <laughs> Mine's on a box. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm so happy you're here today. Um, Ali and I are really going to get into just some of our challenges and triumphs as, you know, Black women navigating corporate America and just navigating spaces where we are often marginalized or we're the only one in the room, right? And her and I have experienced that from, I mean, childhood um, through adulthood, really, and sometimes still now, you know, and just, I think these conversations are really important as, you know, just the way the world is changing, and we're embracing these topics and being open about these topics, um, and I think it's just a great conversation to have, and no person better to have these talks with on the podcast, because her and I talk every day, and we talk about this every day, <laughs> all the time, so I'm like, let's just talk about it on the pod, let's get into it, right, so before we uh, start into our topic of the week, um let's get into a life hack because I know you all love the life hack so Ali do you want to start off or do you want me to start off with the life hack Lord maybe you should start (laughs) (laughs) okay no problem so because we're talking about like navigating you know corporate America and like professional workspaces um one of my life hacks um which I think you know even if you're not in corporate America is scheduling time to relax um I think that 
right now in this day and age, we're so programmed to just go, 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 go and hustle, hustle, grind, grind, grind. And I think especially as black women, at least I can say for myself, we fall into that like grind culture and like hustle mentality. We're like, we can't stop because if we stop, something's going to fall by the wayside and we're going to lose out on an opportunity or people are going to look at us some type of way. And it's like, no, like schedule some time to relax. So Ali, tell me about a life hack that you would like to share with the peoples. Mm-hmm. I mean, I agree with you. Scheduling time to relax is key, especially, you know, because we're busy. We're busy women managing all kinds of stuff at work in our lives. And I think there's a lot of power in the pause. Yes. Um, and Girl. even like, taking time to um, learn something new about yourself. Um, one thing I did this week, so I was at an offsite, a virtual offsite with my team and we did personality tests, kind of like, uh, Myers-Briggs. Um, mm-hmm. it's actually a really cool tool. I recommend it. It's called 16 personalities. Um, it's online. It's free. Um, I did the quick little test and got my results. I am an INFJ. INFJ. Is that what you were when you took it before? No. Ah, you changed. <laughs> so I was an ISFP um, when I last took it. A few wow. So I went, yeah, like change, right? So, you know, we think we stay the same, but we don't. So it's important to kind of take a pause, you know, take some time to, you know, whether it's like read a, a self-improvement book, a book on management, um, learn a new skill, reflect on, you know, who you are, who you're becoming, Um, I think it's important because this test, it revealed that my strategy is constant improvement and it gave me my strengths and weaknesses along those lines. And it said that I'm prone to burnout. I was like, yo, this thing is reading (laughs) for filth. (laughs) It was like strengths, creative weaknesses, perfectionist. (laughs) And I was just like, oh God. (laughs) You're like, I feel attacked. Thank you. Yeah. So I, like to your point about like taking time to relax, I literally was planning like a little solo trip so I can actually pause at the start of the new year and mm. figure out what I'm doing with my life. Like, mm. like what is the new direction? Where am I going? How yeah. can I, you know, be strategic about next moves, next steps? Yeah. So something for me that like, it's funny when you're like burnout, like that's that burnout culture that I was talking about. Like it's, we're so prone to that and we're so prone to just like going, going, going. And then you almost feel guilty if you, if you take a break, like, I know that's happened to me. Like I literally feel, I used to feel used to (laughs) keyword y'all used to feel guilty for taking like a sick day or a personal day. And I'm like, why do I feel guilty? First of all, those days are allotted to me like to take, you know what I'm saying? It's a benefit of, you know, most companies you work for. And then secondly, if I don't need to be, you know, with the flu sick in order for me to be like I need a moment you know what I'm saying I just need a day to just like not work decompress and just take some time for me and just pause like you said um and we're just so prone to that which is actually a perfect segue into you know the topic at hand and it's just you know navigating the workplace as a black woman um which is our experience and you know as a person of color and that definitely has its challenges <laughs> it has its triumphs it, def- it has its triumphs for show um but it has its challenges and i think that again like i said earlier it's really important to have these conversations and to talk about um 
to openly have these conversations and be transparent and it doesn't have to always be so hush hush like we have the platform to have these conversations we should do it and a lot of companies actually are having some DEIA conversations internally you know in-house with uh, you know their global diversity teams and you know having roundtables and having task force and project teams and having these conversations so I think it's incredibly important um so as we spoke about earlier um Ali is you know has had a lot of experience in uh, marketing and especially multicultural marketing. And she's been on some really, really dope projects and just awesome things that she's been a part of and, uh, you know, that have impacted the culture for the culture <laughs> that have impacted, you know, that really have, and it's behind the scenes work, but it's, it's really important work. Um, so tell me a little bit more about, you know, you or tell the folks, cause I know obviously, but tell the people a little bit more about you and just your professional background as it comes to, you know, multicultural marketing, even beauty and diversity. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I want to say that even though the bio sounds fancy, it, has not been a pretty path to get to mm. where I am right now. Um, you know, I am from Miami, Florida. Exactly. Yep. Um, so we are 305 till we die. Um, you know, and after I graduated um from undergrad, I, you know, I kind of took an assessment, self-assessment and um, wrote down some goals of where I wanted to go in the future. And I have the document literally at the top. I put Jesus take the wheel <laughs> and I, yes, <laughs> right. I mean, you, I'll share it for you. It'd be really cool to put it on the gram, like as a little carousel so people can see like the journey and like, mm. you know, maybe share their own as well. Um, but on it, what did I have? I wanted to work in brand management um, for a major company. Um, I wanted to have a graduate degree. I wanted to work um, in integrated marketing communications. I listed all these things. And knowing <laughs> Miami, unfortunately, you know, South Florida at the time, even now to a certain extent, does not have the best job market. Nope. You know, I realized that there was no way I was going to be able to achieve these goals without scrapping, hustling, and changing my environment. So I literally packed, well, <laughs> after, you know, lots of trial and error. I remember like back in 2009, like sending cold emails to like the Carol's daughter team up in New York, wow. in Nordstrom headquarters, like literally cold, like, hey, like I just graduated. I, you know, I want to work. Um, in marketing, I, I've got hustle, I'm hungry, I can do this, like, you know, sent my little portfolio that I like got <laughs> together, you know, uh, <laughs> and I, I just like shot my shots, right? Like they didn't land. <laughs> but you know, like that hustle is something that has carried me through and a willingness to just like, uproot. So um, fast forward after working a bit at a PR firm and leaving there to go to grad school, I decided, no, Florida is not going to get me where I want to go. So I packed two suitcases and moved across the country to Minnesota. 
She sure did, child. She sure did. In the winter tundra of Minnesota. Yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I know. And at the time, like, people are like, where? Like, cold in Minnesota? Like, that's all, like, people knew. They're like, where is that? Like, Minneapolis? Uh, what? Like, where are you, where are you going? Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> so people were like, okay you're crazy right and I only knew one person my line sister Taryn and she was working at Target I got recruited um to go work at Target and that again was a result of me scrapping like I was in a, a master's program god bless them <laughs> but you know they didn't have the top companies coming to recruit like everything was super local and i was just like no no like jesus take the wheel i'm going to be a brand manager i'm going to work in marketing like at a major corporation that's it so i got in my volvo and i drove to Atlanta. not the volvo wait <laughs> the, the volvo has many adventures and memories but i digress oh i forgot about that car she's the volvo it's like my my jetta my volkswagen like yes. it's just memories okay so okay, right, 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 right. my green volvo so i got in my volvo and i drove from gainesville where i was attending um grad school drove to atlanta to go to um the uh, Black MBA Conference, National Black MBA Conference, because they have a major career fair. And I knew that all, 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 all of the top companies um, would be there recruiting marketers and, and, and folks from different, you know, specialties. So again, I was like doing the most. <laughs> I put together like a little portfolio of all the stuff I'd done. I had printed out my resumes, had little business cards, like, and went by myself, right, like to this place, like, and it was a big convention center and walked around going booth to booth, just kind of shooting my shot. I stopped at Craft, um, I stopped at General Mills, stopped at Target, like I stopped at all the major ones, gave them my portfolio and just kind of pitched myself. And, um, you know, not everything always landed, but I got some interviews, which is major. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the interviews, um, I was recruited, well, I got it with Target, um, and the recruiter that I met was Brie. Um, shout out to Brie, she became one of shout my friends, um, but she, you know, saw something in me, and it worked out, and I, you know, took the job and, and went to Mini, and it's been, you know, <laughs> here we are, <laughs> like, I feel like that really catapulted my path, and, and yeah. you know, um, has gotten me to where I am truly that, that risk. And in, so in some of those, you know, spaces, and obviously since Minneapolis, you are, have now moved and transitioned and life has evolved. And, but, you know, in some of those spaces, you know, I'm sure you were the only black person in the room or one of the only black person or one of the only black women, how it, Talk to us a little bit more about that navigation, like through some of those challenges of being like a marginalized person where you're looking around, you're like, wow, nobody else looks like me, you know? Oh man, it has been hard. It has mm. been really, really hard. Um, you know, I've been in spaces where all of the things you just said, <laughs> you know, were true. Um, you know, I remember being 
the only, um, one of the only black women on my floor. The other was an assistant. Hmm. Um, you know, being the only woman on my team at a point, being the only person who was different, you know, like we talk about race, but it's also culture. It's also yes, yes. geography, right? And going from Miami to Minneapolis, I mean, and being surrounded with, you know, first of all, I was on a, t- a particular team where, um, you know, I was the only woman and we had team lunches sitting around the table and the conversation was all about football, all about Midwestern culture. No one made any effort to try to get to know me and my culture. And I tried to kind of chime in and, you know, those attempts were kind of met with skepticism or honestly racist statements, you know, mm-hmm. and they were racist. They were racist. <laughs> I mean, Don't they were racist. They were- the tweet. This is so freeing to say, it's true. You know, she is sugar coating fam. I heard the comments. They were racist. <laughs> yeah. Talking about, you know, they saw somebody in the hallway with dreadlocks and how, oh, they must work in marketing or creative. There's no way they could be in, you know, in merchandising, no way. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, and I, you know, I was like, excuse me? Mm. Like, as I sit at the table with my twist out, being of Jamaican heritage, you mm-hmm. know, being black, where like locks are, they're beautiful. Coming. They're beautiful. Coming. They're celebrated. Beautiful. Mm. Celebrated. Yeah. I, and at the time, I, I honestly was afraid. I was afraid to speak up was afraid to make this known. I I suffered in silence, you know? I mean, I I really really struggled and you know, we get feedback all the time, right? And you know, first of all, having a community of other black people at work, that was key. Mm. That was key to sanity for for all of us, right? Um but just hearing the feedback that I received and hearing some of the feedback other folks received, like for instance, like some people Um, some of the other, um, black people that I've worked with in corporate, like, you know, they've been from different regions. Like some have been from the South. I've heard people tell me that they've gotten feedback on their accents that they've gotten. I've personally gotten feedback on my tone of voice. I'm Caribbean. I sound sing-songy and I just, it's a thing. (laughs) It's a thing. I've been like coached on like the way I sound. I've been told that I don't come across as confident. Like that's been written down on paper in my review. Mm. And it's been un <laughs> like some of these things are just based on people's unwillingness to embrace um, other people who are different than themselves and mm. have a true culture of inclusion. That's uh, it's so funny that you brought that up. And I there's so many times where we talk about like code switching, right? Mm-hmm. And like code switching, and that's a big thing in the black community is like when you have to like code switch at work and you can't you can't you know be your authentic self at work because you're having to code switch because if you are your authentic self with how you are with your friends and with your family and you go into work like that there's automatic judgment there's automatic you know uh, prejudice or racism or bigotry or assumptions and it's not inclusive because you can't be your authentic self and it's funny so so Ali and I go like way back and (laughs) as we discussed earlier like 23 years right we've been friends and I remember like there were times when I, we, I mean, 
even from like elementary school, most of elementary school on, I was typically the only like white girl. I mean, black, oh gosh, I'm black guys. I was the only black girl. <laughs> I was the only <laughs> it's early. So I was the only black girl in classes, literally from like middle school. Wait, no, elementary school, middle school, high school, I think for us is different because high school is definitely a bigger, like, you know, the high school that we went to was certainly more mixed and there was diversity, but definitely uh, most of elementary school, middle school, I mean, we were like in gifted programs and stuff, Felicia and I, and we were definitely one of maybe like two or three black girls in any class that we had. Like, I mean, I, I can't really recall, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and even in, we were, you know, in arts programs and even in those classes, like being one of the two or one of the three, like if you're lucky. And it's like, when you are used to those spaces, you have to like assimilate because that's just what the, the environment that you're in. So when you get into corporate America, at least for me, my journey has been like, you get into different spaces when you're adult and when you have a job and your professional life and you're still kind of assimilating. And then for me, and I know a lot of people, especially in the past couple of years with everything that's gone on in our country and just like civil unrest and, and kind of reckonings about racism and what this country has um, kind of put black people through and people of color and indigenous people. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. And like you all, it's like you switch because you're like, wait, why am I hiding who I am? Why am I not bringing my authentic self to work? Why am I not bringing my pride about my culture, right? Being Jamaican and like who I am. And all of a sudden though, you're judged for it. Isn't it crazy? Like all of a sudden they're like, wait a second, this went from the girl being who assimilated with us, who was down with, you know, whatever we want to do, because I just was trying to survive in those spaces. And now when I'm trying to be my authentic self, it's like, hold up, wait a second. You're, you're a little sassy today. Or wow, you, you have a lot of opinions today or, or wow, Alicia, wow, that's all your hair looks different today. And it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you feel like you can't be safe in those spaces. Um, not always, but that's just been my journey, you know, with that, not feeling safe, um, in those spaces. So, do you think, I guess it's a growth and it's, it's growth and it's progress. It's a journey. So how do you feel, I guess now that you can bring, or how do you try to bring your most authentic self to these spaces where you are the only one or one of the only ones? Yeah. So my journey has taken me, um, you know, I, I've been in many different um, environments um, throughout my career. You know, I, I transitioned from, you know, kind of the environment I was mentioning earlier to one where I was not the only. I led multicultural marketing um, at, at a major corporation and was on, honestly one of the best teams that I've been on um, ever. Um, you know, up until now, like, um, and it's because we had diversity, we had representation, you know, um, we had black women, we had, you know, my manager was of Japanese descent, mm. um, we had Latinx representation, we had LGBTQ plus representation, like everything, I'm not even mentioning, you know, and we of course had, you know, um, Caucasian team members. Mm -hmm. um, is that PC? Like, what? What do? Why? I mean, I, I, I think we had some conversations um, last year. I was part of conversations and roundtables where it was just white 
like okay. white team members, you yeah. know, white women, white men, black women, black men. Like that was some of the conversations that we were having. So, I mean, I get, yeah, it's PC guys. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like half, like I've got like half corporate, half, like I'm just chit chatting with my bestie. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so we had everyone on our team and our work was amazing because we had diversity of ideas, thought, um, you know, we had different lived experience and there was also an openness to learning about diverse cultures because that's part of the work that we did. That was mm-hmm. part of the work that we did. So, you know, I've seen it on either side, you know, and um, I can say that um, corporate has quite a way to go um, hmm. in terms of making this the norm. Um, you know, it should absolutely be the norm. And I, I forgot the question you asked me. I'm like, <laughs> no, you answered it. I'm like, I'm not answering it at all, am I? <laughs> oh, but no, you answered, you answered, you, we went, we went on a journey, but you answered it because what you said was, you said that surrounding, you were on a team that had representation and diversity of not only culture and race, but diversity of thought perspective. And that's important. Like, I, I think that something that, a lot of people, again, I bring up the last couple of years and just like the reckoning that so many people have had about race in this country and diversity in this country is just, you know, finding companies or wanting to work for companies where not just their frontline are being represented in terms of diversity and equity and inclusion, but even at the top level, like even at the CEO and executive level, like how, like how, what does your team look like? And there's even, what's that page that you and I, is it pull up? pull up or shut up the Instagram page. So there's an Instagram account called pull up or shut up. And they were very popular last year. I mean, this year I've seen them post a couple things, but last year they would literally get the, um, uh, data and employee metric, not metrics, but employee, um, uh, statistics, if you will, um, of different races and what their executive team looked like, what their frontline team looked like. And they basically were pull up or shut up. You can't be talking about diversity and posting a black square on Instagram on blackout Tuesday when the, you know, 80% of your company is white or have, you know, some troubling hiring practices or are not opening the doors for, you know, black team members or Latinx team members or for uh, diversity for the LGBTQIA plus community? Like, are, like, what are you actually doing? Like, you're just like talking the talk, but you're not actually walking the walk, right? And I think that I, and it kind of leads me into the next thing where we were going to get into just some advice and what people can do. And something that I have seen is that there, a lot of these bigger companies have like resource groups. So resource groups for team members that are, you know, they're Latinx team members for black team members. And mind you, it is not just these team members are going to be in these groups. Anybody can join. Cause I I've seen this for a lot of companies, like anybody can join, but it just gives people a space to be authentic. So even if your team direct team or supervisor, even if you have work to do there and it's not perfect there, you still have another outlet. You still have somewhere else to go. You still have somewhere else where people look like you and you can be celebrated or people are allies, right. Or people are allies of your race and your culture and what your the struggles and triumphs and you know all these things so I that's what I was going to say is like surround you said it perfectly surrounding yourself with like a diverse team and that was one of the best teams that you were ever on you know yeah and I mean I think that just finding some sort of alignment is mm. what really was like at the core of of this shift right because um earlier in my career I you know I was on a 
I was doing work that really didn't sit well with my spirit. I was doing math and you know. We could barely figure out how many years we knew each other earlier. So that just shows you guys how much we don't do math in this friendship. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, We yeah. don't do math. We're creatives. Yeah. We're yeah, yeah. We make shit happen, right? Exactly, uh, but not math. Not math. Anything but math. <laughs> so... We first of all, though, accounting, we can do accounting. We we know our we we can track our coins, but we can budget. That's wrong. Um, but yeah, so I was doing work that didn't align with my soul. <laughs> and I think once I figured out what that first of all, figured out that I could make money doing what I loved to do, which is you know, marketing and multicultural marketing and managing advertising, communications, campaigns, content. Um you know, and also diving into the, the the consumer insights, like that is work that was aligned. Um, that is purpose work for me. Um, and, you know, those teams just happen to be diverse and being my authentic self was actually a plus um, because, you know, we, we work, the work that we do in multicultural, you know, yes, it's rooted in the data and, um, you know, it's important to recognize that we're not monoliths, right? Like black people are not monolithic. Latinx people are not monolithic. So there's a lot of research work, but lived experience is core. Mm. You know, being able to, to recognize things that, you know, may not be, may not sit well with the community. It's like, if we put this out there, we are going to get dragged. Like, you know, and being able to say that, being, you know, at times there's pressure, right? Like in the past, um, you know, I have felt pressure to, you know, having to be the person in the room, the only person in the room to kind of carry the the expertise of my entire race, mm. you know? So it's, it's not always easy, but, you know, just having that responsibility is not something that I take lightly, um, as challenging as it has been in the past, um, because, you know, uh, it's just crucial to making sure people feel seen and, and represented. Feeling seen is like so important. And even like lifting up like other team members, like that's such, you kind of bring that up, just lifting up other team members when you're in spaces like that and kind of like reaching out to your team member that, you know, maybe on a team where they're the only one that looks like how they look. Right. And just like, that is so, that has meant so much to me in, in my professional career, like someone reaching out and it's like, oh my God. Hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, okay, you have like an ally, like you have someone, you know? Um, so, you know, it's been really important. It's funny. We were talking about like not sitting, like things not sitting well in your spirit. Right. So this is something that I was like, kind of going back to like some of the challenges of like examples of challenges of, in being in, in environments. So y'all know, I love the Royal Housewives. I literally cannot have an episode where I <laughs> housewives so everyone knows that I love the housewives I love a little bravo tv and anyway there was a an episode recently of the royal housewives of Beverly Hills and everyone knows I love Garcelle Garcelle is because she is a queen a queen a queen everything (laughs) she is everything and the thing is I've loved I mean we loved Garcelle since way back I mean we're fancy freaking fancy Garcelle is a vision. She's been around for so many years. She's like black royalty, like honestly. And I'm so happy that like other people are now getting to see like who we've loved for all these years, like as an actress, as a model, you know? And so Gar- so long story short in this episode or throughout this season, the women who, again, Garcelle's the only black 
Real Housewife on the Beverly Hills franchise, right? And she made her premiere on the series last season. So this season is her season two. And the women have kind of painted her as like, you know, you're very cutting and you're just shady and, you know, you don't say things to our faces and, you know, we try with you and, and we try to make you feel welcome. And what's your problem? And like, just in my opinion, gaslighting her. Triggered. <laughs> Even triggered. And you kind of repeat these things that they have said to her. Oh, I, it was very hard for me to watch that episode and I have a group chat and there's, I had an episode with, um, with Daniel uh, Stokes, who uh, is a trip and a half. And he was on a couple episodes ago and, um, and Daniel and I, we have a group chat with a couple other friends and we, we were just so triggered like during that episode. Cause we always live chat and tweet and all these things. And we were just like, what is happening? Like, and it, the reason I bring this up is because you're in like, you're in workspaces and you feel like you're being gaslit because people, people don't understand. Is that the dog? <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I don't she's care. She's really triggered too. She's, she's black. She's black. She's black. She's black. She's triggered guys. She's black and her name is Snow White. So, but that's just how it goes. That's how it goes. <laughs> it's her stage name. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, but no, but what I was going to say is just being in those spaces and, you know, they're gaslighting her and saying, what do you mean? We do try to include you, but their behavior a lot of times proves opposite, right? So what ended up happening in that episode is Garcelle, our queen, our Haitian queen, ended up breaking down and sobbing in tears that she was like, you know, you've never had to, you know, walk into rooms where you're the only person and you have to try to be included and feel seen and all these things. And her breaking down is what allowed them to finally be like, oh my God, Garcelle, thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for showing us vulnerability. And when I tell you that that triggered me even more than anything else in the episode is because I, that has happened to me a few times in workspaces that as a black woman, you can't, and and again, this is not an everyday, this is not always, but oftentimes you cannot be seen as human. You cannot be seen as soft. You cannot be seen as nurturing or as gentle. Um, And people, the people want to break you down in order for them to see that vulnerability. And it's like, why must you break me down to the point of tears, to the point of quitting a job? Like, why must you break me down in order to see my value and in order to see who I am? Right. And I, that's something that I know I bring it up because I know a lot of people have gone through that in those spaces where it's like, we are, we, you know, people want to break us down in order maybe to make themselves feel better or in order to see vulnerability. And it's just not the right way. It's just the wrong way. And as a black woman, I know I've gone through that and it is very challenging, especially at work. You know, I've had, you know, previous supervisors like yell at me and like get, you know, to the point of tears. And I'm just kind of like, Oh, like, you know, you're like, what do you do then? What do you do then? But I've learned from that. And, and learning is me now interviewing, like, as you go through your career, when you go through interviews, you interview the managers too, because you kind of want to see what they're about. Right. So triggers. triggers. I mean, let's talk about it. Like I've been yelled at as well on the main like floor with all the cubes in front of. Oh yeah. um, By a white man. Yeah. Yeah. And let's be honest, like he was yelling at me for something that honestly was not my fault. Mm. communicate expectations what have you um and that's not acceptable regardless there is no it's not acceptable um and then you know I've heard other folks say that you know they feel like they don't 
really know the black people they work with Mm. and it's like if you don't know the black person that you work with you need to assess yourself like why don't they feel safe safe enough to actually tell you about their lives sure sure right like that's I just think we all need to reflect on that right Mm. um and I think that you know uh like this it it's just really really tough like feeling like you're the only person in a space and also trying to like achieve success, like climbing the ladder, so to speak. Right. Like corporate to an extent, you kind of have to play the game. Like to an extent, you know, like I just think like corporate is kind of built on, you know, like um, very like, the vision of success is, is, is a masculine one, right? Like, so as women, like you have to, you, sometimes you feel like you have to change your tone of voice to sound more authoritative. And, and that sure. really is becoming more masculine, if you will, you know, not being vulnerable, um, you know, not feeling emotions and it's just really hard. It's hard, yeah. and it's, you know, it's challenging. And that's why I say like finding, finding spaces where you feel valued and included. And I have found allyship and friendship, you know, in the professional space with people who are not black, with women, with men who are from other races and other backgrounds and, you know, other, um, uh, you know, experiences. And it's been great because they, they, they're allies and they want to learn and understand the same way that I want to learn and understand. You know, I have joined, um, you know, conversations and roundtables and things for, to be a better ally to the LGBTQIA plus community. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? So I can be a better ally and to better understand and to better to better get it and understand pronouns and things like that and, and properly, you know, address people by their pronouns and, and um, you know, just understanding the journey and understanding even like when it comes to, um, you're, you're fine. When it comes to like medical, um, like even like medical issues that a lot of the community goes through you know, how are we supposed to know that? Right. Like until you start talking to people and having those conversations. So I think it's really important for us to be allies as well. And we'll learn, you know, we, we all learn together. So it's funny, the, um, we were talking about like some of the challenges and like, you know, some of the ways that people get through those challenges is by, you know, joining maybe some support groups at work or aligning themselves and, being allies and, you know, surrounding themselves with diverse teams and, you know, whatnot. So something though, that is a big thing because some people still don't feel supported in corporate spaces, particularly black women, black female entrepreneurs have been launching more businesses at this time than like any other group, like any other group. And that's been starting since 2018. Um, But obviously last year during the pandemic, that just like boomed that black women are starting uh, businesses and becoming entrepreneurs. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, why you think that is, and also your journey as, you know, the entrepreneur in residence for digital undivided. Yeah. So man, like, you know, finding a home in corporate is, is key, but you also have to find things that bring you joy and, um, you know, fill, fulfill your purpose outside of the nine to five. Mm. There are, you know, I feel really blessed that I'm able to do the purpose work that I do, um, you know, as my kind of core, like that's my job, right? Like I get to do what I love every day on an amazing team, um, doing cool stuff, 
but some people can't, you got to pay the bills, right? Sure. So outside of that, you know, you have to kind of fuel yourself and also, you know, build generational wealth sure. um, by, by pursuing your own um, ideas. And I, I took a leap myself from corporate <laughs> um, back, God, this is back in like 2016. I, you know, <laughs> like it's been a roller coaster and, you know, I was experiencing some racism. I had, I was dealing with burnout, you know, found myself crying to a mentor like <laughs> almost every week. And I realized like, no, no, like something's got to give and it's not going to be me, you know? So I literally did what everyone does when, when things are tough, they move to Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta, I cannot, because it's true. She's not lying. She's not lying, y'all. She's not lying. I so I I basically was like, well, I tried to quit the job, but because I was doing doing everything, let's be freaking honest here. My my supervisor was like, oh no, like, are you sure you don't want to work remotely? And this was before that was a thing. <laughs> so I I was able to work remotely from Atlanta and kind of you know like God basically like God pulled out like the little safety net here for me and like helped me kind of transition. Right. Cause mm. I just left, I left without a plan because things were so intolerable for me in that current space. And, um, in Atlanta, I came across an organization called digital undivided, which is, um, basically just a major resource, um, for women of color entrepreneurs. I applied to and was accepted to an incubator, um, it was the big incubator. Um, it was a 10 month program at the time where you literally, you could go in with an idea and they helped mentor you, um, helped you build connections, helped you build your company from the ground up. And I built a company called Beauty and Color and <laughs> life, like it, it, you know, I, I am not currently pursuing that. We didn't really, um, find that sustainable business model that you kind of need to keep going in startup land. Um, but the pivot may be coming. Like I'm, you know, like that's why pivot, 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 right. Like, but I need to kind of take that time to figure out what it is. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. Um, but, um, you know, since I was a participant myself, you know, that following year, I was asked to be an entrepreneur in residence and, and be a mentor for, um, women starting companies. And, um, it's been, gosh, like three years now that I've been doing this and I have seen women come in with, um, you know, just thoughts about what they want to do. I've seen women come in with, you know, with a lot of traction in their companies, people who are like on the up, 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 like ready to blow like the next big, you know, innovations. Um, and it's just so inspiring to kind of see women who are willing to take a bet on themselves and they're not going to take a shit like that they've had to, you know, put up with in corporate and they're, they're creating their own cultures, their own companies based on their ideas. And, you know, what I do, what I pride myself on doing is helping them find that sense of worth. Um, because, you know, we don't realize it, at, you know, often, but our sense of self can become tied up with our job title, the 
the company we work for. I, I got caught up in, I was lost in sauce. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I do this at this company. And I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. like, let's be honest. Like we've all kind of been there, like feeling that sense of like, <laughs> whether it be self you're feeling yourself you're like you're feeling yourself yeah mm-hmm. because that's what we're told and groomed that you know success is it's sure. having the job having the money having you know this is that but when it comes time to you know shed that and kind of create something of your own like oftentimes there are, are challenges to our mental health our self-worth you know am I doing the right thing can I do this is this good do people want this you know and it's, it's hard so my role you know I, you know, of course, kind of help from a business angle, but then I also try to build up these founders to help them see the potential in their ideas and help them realize that they can do it and, Mm. you know, kind of try to help show them how, Um, you know, from my experience, like there are people with more experience, but, you know, I, I, I'm the the bigger upper in cheese. Like I will, I will literally be like, no, 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 you can do it. Like it's like the cheerleader. I'm the cheerleader, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just so important. It's important. And that's important work. And I, it's funny. I think that, um, that is another way that people can also get involved. And you talked about, you know, being in a previous opportunity or a previous position and you were just feeling some type of way and you were feeling hurt, you got yelled at and you went to your mentor. And I think that mentorship is another important thing too. When you're navigating these spaces is finding a mentor and finding kind of just someone who's able to kind of guide you. Um, and their, their experience might not be perfect and their um, journey I'm sure has come with plenty of ups and downs, but it's just really good to have some sort of personal that you can kind of run to and a person that you can talk to. And I promise you in most companies, there's someone there, there's someone there that you could like reach out to. And that does help your experience as well. You know what I mean? Because corporate America has a lot of work to do. So black, you know, black women, again, finding outlets and entrepreneurship and getting that empowerment of my own business. And this is me and this is what I'm doing. And they have been quite successful. It's not like we just have entrepreneurs just out here. Like they are very successful. There's some black brands. And I know you can probably talk a lot more about this than I can that are just huge, like mess in a bottle. I was just thinking about that the other day. She has so mess in a bottle. We've been following that account since, I mean, since its inception, basically, <laughs> basically. And she's, she basically, she makes shirts and she has like these real fun, like catchy, you know, phrases and things like that on her shirts. And she calls it mess in a bottle and she produces them herself. She literally puts the shirts inside of like, uh, I don't even a, a bottle or whatever. It's not glass, but she puts it in a bottle and that's how she ships it to her customers. So it's called mess in a bottle. So that's her like niche, you know what I mean? And just her special uh, thing that sets her apart from, from other, from other people. And we've been following her and all of a sudden I know she popped up in target and I was like, Oh, I was like, wait a second, you know, and it's just, she's been, she's gone through things in her business. I think she got robbed one time, like her store, like she's gone through so many things, but she's been able to grow and grow. She bought a bigger workspace. She has a store. I think she's in Maryland. So if you're in Maryland, go check her out. Think in Baltimore and, um, and she's incredible. And I'm like, these are the stories that you love to see. Like just someone who's just like, you know what, this is this space. I think she was an architect or interior design or something. And she's like an architect. And she's like this space. And where I am is not 
working for me and it doesn't sit well in my spirit. It's it just, it's like my soul is itching and like, I need to do something else. And that's good too. And even if it means that you have to work part-time, but then you're also doing your entrepreneurship journey, Hey, do that too. Give yourself like some sort of side passion, you know? Yes. And I think that, so one thing, like, here's a, a piece of advice, a nugget, right? Mm-hmm. Um, following your gut and oh. intuition. Oh. Like I'm a huge believer that God makes you really uncomfortable when it is time to move. (laughs) I have felt it on many occasions. Mm -hmm. And I've also felt like an energy around opportunities that I am meant to pursue. Mm. Not ignore it. Mm. Um, Like if you feel like, God, like I am like pushed to the brink, like I'm so uncomfortable. This is just not for me. Like this is draining me more than it is filling my, filling my cup, you know, mind you, right? Like I recognize like not everyone has that luxury, right? So I'm speaking from a place of privilege, um, but move. Like if you feel like, you know, you're being drained and your soul is being depleted every single day, like it's not worth it. Mm. It's not worth it. Find something else. Start something else on the side. Build that. You know, um, there. You know, find that. Find mentors who can help you make it happen. Organizations um, like Digital Undivided. You know, are there. There are countless others. You know, tons of people who are willing to help. Like, I just know that. You know, there are especially. Um, you know, I think everyone, right? Like, find mentors who look like you, and even those who don't. Yeah. In, like, I think that's key as well, right? Like, I I work in spaces where everyone looks like me or is a person of color damn near, right? Like, mm-hmm. service to, to people of color. But it's very important to get different perspectives as yes. well, um, you know, uh, to help you get to where you want to go. Um, so, you know, for instance, like I'm sure, um, you know, the founder of Mass in a Bottle has found mentors, you know, across the board from all sorts of different companies, people who, you know, have expertise in different spaces. Like you just have to kind of take that bet, shoot your shot, reach out, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Mm -hmm. I agree. And it's funny. It's like, you know, when you're kind of going through, the journey of, of finding your way and just navigating through your professional life and bringing your authentic self and being diverse and being true to who you are, it, it's going to go through ups and downs, you know, and it's not, it's not going to be something that like you listen to us or you listen to like another podcast or like you read an article and it's like, Oh, this is the end all be all. No, it, it like th- these things are a journey. And I, like I said, I think for me, it was really important to just use this platform to have a conversation about it because I want people to be able to openly talk about it. Like you, I think oftentimes we're programmed to suffer in silence and we're not supposed to like say anything or talk about how we feel. And that's why earlier when you're like, well, this is safe space, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna say it. Like, you know, we have to be able to talk about it. It's part of our healing and it's part of our growth. And to your point about, um, uh, you know, just saying God has a way of, of making you real uncomfortable. And you're like, I, so me, Alicia knows, Ali knows I am me and discernment. Like I'm every day. I'm like, Lord, Mm -hmm. I'm like, just put the discernment through me, Lord. I'm just praying for more and more and more. Like, cause it's just like, it helps you to discern. Like my energy is not feeling right because of this. Like I am not sitting well in this space because of that. And that applies to work. 
you know, friends, it applies to work. It applies if you're sitting in a space where like your spirit is just so torn down and you're not, you you don't feel appreciated. You don't feel valued and not just for black women, just anybody. And you just feel like this is not working for me. It, you need to be able to be like, you know what, let me take a step back and do something else. And again, we're speaking talking about privilege, like not everybody has that privilege to do that. But sometimes it's taking that leap of faith and like trusting that like, you take that leap of faith to get yourself out of a bad situation that you will be able to get in a better one. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like everything works out the way that it's supposed to work out, you know? Absolutely, right. And then it's like tapping, taking the leap, but also, you know, being a little strategic about that, right? Like, sure. who... Like, honest to God, like, I didn't get to to this point alone. Sure. Um, my network, um, people who I have met that have somehow seen, <laughs> seen potential in me have mm-hmm. helped me get to where I am. And mm-hmm. sometimes when you feel marginalized, you feel alone, but you have to realize you're not, you know, really just sit back and think, like, who, who can I reach out to? Who can I reach out to for guidance? You know, you don't have to suffer in silence. It's okay to talk about it. Like find people you trust, ask people to connect you with people that they know, people who they know who um, may be able to, you know, give you their perspective and connect you to other opportunities. Sure. You know, um, I it's challenging, right? Because it's like, I'm just so I'm hyper cognizant of privilege right now, I guess, especially with like, um, like, I don't know, like, I've just been thinking about, you know, the the minimum wage mm. this week. And I, I, I've been realizing, like, that's the majority of this country, like, yeah. you know, yeah. people who don't necessarily have as much corporate mobility. But, you know, like, so that's why I kind of stop myself. I want to make sure that I'm being like inclusive myself and my statements and yeah. you know, some of these tips, but like, you know, finding just, just, just people, resources, you know, um, a lot of cities have, um, you know, um, chambers of commerce. There's the mm. SBA, the small business um, association. There's the minority business development association. There are, um, you know, uh, institutions that have centers of entrepreneurship. There are just a lot of places to turn, especially now. Um, resources. Resources mm-hmm. to help you build your own thing, you know, and of course, like the internet, although like I have thoughts, <laughs> I have thoughts on all of these like people who everybody's a, a brand strategist. And I'm like, oh, oh, wait a minute. No, like that's an actual job. First of all, like, do you literally have background to like say this? Like a lot of people are just selling snake oil to be quite honest. And mm-hmm. they're just trying to make a coin so they can then go back and say, oh, I'm making seven figures. But yeah, because you're like kind of taking advantage of people. Advantage of people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, just tap, like, you know, take what you can. And, but also make sure you're, you're, you're finding resources outside of these, you know, plethora of coaches online, like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, experts. We need to find experts and that's, that's good advice to kind of, you know, uh, wrap this up. I think mentorship, finding allyship, um, through the navigation, making sure you have a support system, whether it's your friends, whether it's your family, you know, like I, I know I vent a lot, you know, with, with, 
just my professional career. I mean, I call, would call my friends and, you know, you've got therapy. I mean, there's so many things like that you have to talk about. And it's just a matter of finding that support system to kind of get you to the next step, but there is a next step. And, and don't think for a second, you're stuck in a situation. Don't think for a second that this is it. And you're never going to get out of it. If you really sit down and say, okay, I want to be out of this situation by this time, there's steps for you to get there, you know, and it's not always easy. It's we understand. I understand certainly because we've all been there where you're not in a space where you can just get up and leave. I mean, come on, like you just, you can't. Um, but, but again, just finding allyship and finding spaces where you can really be your authentic self, um, in the professional workplace or just in any space that you are right now, where you feel like you're, um, one of, one of two, one of three, one of four, you know what I mean? Like just finding that. Yeah. Cause you know, like there are so many, um, like, I think like for me, um, the, the kind of thing that makes me realize that I've got to go is when I feel like my confidence is being impacted by, by the workplace or a manager. Sure. If you ever feel that your confidence is being impacted, that someone is bringing you down, micromanaging you, making you feel like you're not an asset. No, no, don't get caught up in that. Mm. You bring value just by being you. You have a perspective that is worthy, you know, and it's just about finding that place that is going to value you um, and value your perspective and what you bring or creating that space for yourself. Mm -hmm. And also lifting other people up as a result. As a result. I agree. I agree. Well, this has been such a, like, I, well, eye-opening, hopefully for other people. You and I talk about this stuff all the time, but it's just, I hope that it's been a fruitful conversation, you know, for, for you know, our, our chit-chat fam that are listening. Because really and truly, it's not it's not easy to talk about this stuff sometimes. And especially, you know, you're talking about certain experiences you've had and it's like trigger trauma, like, (laughs) because you're like remembering, like, even if you've come a long way, you're like remembering some of the things that have happened to you in your, in your career and and in your life. And you're like, oh gosh, like that wasn't a good time, you know? Um, But I think, again, it's important to have these conversations and talk about it and give advice and give suggestions about, again, mentorship and, and looking for outside, you know, passion and entrepreneurship and, and align yourself with you know resources and, and and networking and connections like that that's some of the stuff that will help because again corporate America is gonna corporate America <laughs> okay America's America is a scam low key so so honestly about the money it's all about the money it's, unfortunately yeah it really is like there are ways to succeed within it of course sure. but it's you know not at the expense of your sanity or soul or purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Not at the expense, sanity, soul, and purpose. And you got to make sure that that is aligned. And sometimes that takes you looking within and you sitting down and having like a come to Jesus moment about like, okay, what is it that I want to do? I feel, you know, I always talk about journey and like purpose, like on this podcast, even with as many topics as we talk about, I I bring it back to that. And I think it's important because it's like, okay, life, you, you have life. Okay. And you have the things that 
we're maybe expected to do or want to do is, is, you know, you, you go to school, you're a good citizen, good person, you know, you, you meet someone, you get married, you have kids, you have a job, like, you, you know, you have a car, like all those things, but it's like, what else is there? Cause it, there's a, there's an expiration date. We don't know what it is. So it's like, what else is there? Right. Like, <laughs> like what else is there? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the purpose? What's the passion? And like, and I think sometimes with these challenges that people face, they get like bogged down in like the, the work stuff and like what's going on in my career and what's going on with my boss and blah, 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 blah. They get bogged down by it that they forget to be like, let, there's something else other than, than this. And then that helps you navigate. Because again, like I said, America is low-key a scale. <laughs> And like corporate America is very tough and, and there's, we got to chip away and chip away and chip away to make change, but it's not going to happen overnight. So we have to, that's why I use the word navigate. Like we have to learn how to navigate through that. Um, finesse, finesse, <laughs> finesse. <laughs> literally like, you know, we have to learn how to navigate through that. And these hopefully are some tips and, and some suggestions that will really, really help. But, you know, my friend, I always appreciate our, our chats. I mean, we talk every day anyway, but I appreciate I know chats. we're going to talk after this. <laughs> literally. I'm like, we're going to just stop recording and keep talking because that's what we do. But, um, so I know that you've given such great advice that everybody's going to want to follow you. So where do you want to be followed and found? So you can find me on the internet at, um, on Instagram at Allie Nicely. Mind you, you're going to see like a post. The last post is probably from like 2018. <laughs> I mostly post on my Finsta because I, this could be a whole other conversation. Like the whole, you know, pressure of appearing to have it together on, on social media. Girl. A bobby pin most days because I have a toddler. So, mm. you know, I, I don't I don't have it together. I don't. And I, you know, I need to just post my 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 imperfect life and hopefully inspire people because they can relate. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ally Nicely on Instagram. I promise I'll try to post. <laughs> but you know, you can reach out. I'm happy to 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 speak to anybody who, you know, wants to talk. Yeah. And remember, she's currently the entrepreneur in residence for Digital Undivided and they always have cohorts. I think you all, how long is the program now? Oh my gosh. Well, we have so many more programs now. Wow. Um, we have Start, which is for entrepreneurs who just have an idea um, and they don't quite know where to start. So, sure. you know, we help you um, get your idea on paper, think through all the different components you know we teach you how to um you know really truly understand your customer build that customer persona how to do customer discovery and research and understand you know really just assess whether or not the problem you want to solve is a problem for other people mm. and give you the tools to build a sustainable company so that is that's where i particularly serve i'm the entrepreneur in residence for start um, helping people take those first steps um, and, and betting on themselves. And then we have um, a program called Big for people who are a bit further along, um, people who have more traction. They're still pre-revenue, but they've got traction and are trying to scale. Um, there's a fellowship. There, there's a lot, a lot. Like there, all the information is on the website, but you know, our goal is to just help uplift, um, you know, underrepresented um, founders, um, you know, and women of color. There's also a community 
um, that I want to call out. Um, it's on Mighty Networks. So you can go on there, join, and and really just connect with women of color who are, are trying to figure it out and, you know, trying to take their talents to, <laughs> to mm. the world of entrepreneurship. Girl. Well, I appreciate you being on, everyone. Please make sure to, you know, check that out. And also, if it's not something that you feel um, would serve you, share it. Share it with someone else. Share this information with someone who you think, you know, have maybe had conversations with you about wanting to um, start their own business or just kind of having some trouble, you know, navigating through um, maybe a corporate space or just don't know where to turn. I mean, this is it. These are some opportunities for um, you to share uh, with your support, with your crew and your like support team or just friends or family or co-workers or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. So everyone, um, this episode and all episodes can be found at heyalicia.com backslash podcast. Um, please make sure if you are ready or not following me to follow me at Hey Alicia Hey on pretty much all social media sites. Um, I'm Hey Alicia Hey. Um, and also we have a chit chat connoisseur uh, Instagram, which I don't plug as much, but we do have a chit chat connoisseur uh, Instagram page. Uh, so you can certainly follow us. I I plug all of the you know our, our upcoming special guests and um, uh, top put post some of our reviews from our podcast, which have been really great. Um, if you listen to this podcast on Apple or, you know, anywhere that you're able to rate, please give us a fantastic rating uh, for this podcast. If it's bad, stars. <laughs> what? Five stars. Yeah, five sorry, stars. If it's less than five stars, mm, but <laughs> like five stars, <laughs> five stars only. Okay. okay. So just, you know, please be sure to give us a shout out, share with your friends. If you think again, that this episode could help someone or any other episode, I just, I implore you to, to share and pass along. I appreciate you all listening with us today. I hope this conversation, even if you're not a, a woman of color, that this conversation has maybe enlightened you or opened your eyes and, uh, and that you share and that we all kind of support each other and lift each other up and uh till next time y'all chat soon bye-bye for more information on chit chat connoisseur podcast check out hayalisha.com slash podcast see you soon